Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside, as always on a Sunday night, the host of the Bucks Radio Network and my good friend, Justin Garcia, is here for today's episode brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Now, Justin, we were just laughing before we jumped on the, on the show here or before I hit record about the state of the standings right now. And we're going to talk about the Bucks. They obviously went down to the Grizzlies in a uh, pretty disappointing game, a game that you never really felt that you were in, but they went down 128 to 115 and they've got a big week ahead of them with the Suns and then the Sixers. So we're going to talk uh, some Phoenix here in just a little bit and some Chris Milton stuff as well. But just the, the state of the standings right now is absolute chaos, particularly in the East where we have our interest. It, uh, yeah, it's crazy. And we were talking about before just now, too, uh, watching, and I'm sure a lot of Bucks fans had an eye on that Miami Heat-Brooklyn Nets game because, I mean, it, it's two teams. You know, worst-case scenario for the Bucks is that's their playoff path. Is they get Miami in the first round, Brooklyn in the second round, and Philadelphia in the conference finals. I mean, if that's the path you have to go through, that would be an impressive championship if you can pull it off. But uh, that was one of the weird games where you're watching it, and I think most Bucks fans are probably inclined to root against both of those teams. But as you watch that game, you probably <laughs> thought, oh, "Boy, I don't know who I should root for here." That you know, the the Brooklyn gap is still two and a half, and I, I know I've talked about it before that you know, dating back to about a month ago, that if you're the Bucks, you should just say, you know, we got to win the East because that means you don't have to go through both of those teams and you get home court. But I think, you know, what we've started to see is I think the loss to the Memphis Grizzlies basically cemented the Bucks are going to be the third seed in the East. And I mean, even with the four games you have left against those two teams, you got to go four and oh in those to make up any ground because even splitting it, it does you nothing. So I, I think the die has basically been cast for the Bucks here. But watching that game, I mean, you see Kevin Durant leave with an injury again. And it's been seven games that that trio has played together this year. I was telling you, uh, you know, I almost feel like if you're a Bucks fan, you should have been rooting for Brooklyn to win because a Miami loss adds even more separation between them and the Knicks in that 6-7 spot. So, number one, you get to avoid Miami, hopefully, in the first round. But also, if you're the Brooklyn Nets and you're dealing with injuries and you're dealing with some potential chemistry issues where those guys have only played seven games together – and all of a sudden, everybody's healthy, and you you look to hit the ground running in the playoffs. And your first round matchup is the Miami Heat. That is less than ideal. Yeah, there's a bunch of teams that are right in that mix there. And even like, let's be honest, even the Knicks right now, who are currently in the sixth seed, you know they're going to play hard, and you know they're going to play defense. So there's definitely some landmines that are coming up in the first round here. But as you sort of pointed to, Miami now uh, still in the seventh seed, so still would have to go through. 
a playing game to secure that seven seed or it would have to be pretty disastrous for them to miss the playoffs altogether but yeah it's just chaos down the bottom of those seeds i just mentioned i was watching the Toronto game for another job that I have and just the season that the Raptors have had and the guys that they had in that lineup. And I, I tweeted it when the Raptors kept Kyle Lowry. I tweeted and said, listen, like that team could be pretty scary if they have all their guys and they're able to get some luck and, and can, can get it together down the stretch here. It just doesn't look like that's going to happen. They played again tonight without Lowry, Siakam, Van Vliet, Ananobi. None of those guys were playing. It was just, it was basically the Gary Trent and Chris Boucher show. It was incredible to watch. But they're still somehow just in the playing seed. But they're in a tie with the Chicago Bulls, who just traded for Vucevic and have just turned to absolute shit ever since they made that trade. And then the Washington Wizards somehow are right there as well. So it, it, is, it is just crazy stuff right now. But I, I agree with you. I think at this point, more than anything, the Bucks just need to stay healthy. And you already mentioned Kevin Durant and you can look at the seedings and with 16 games to go, clearly when it comes to the sixth seed, which I think we're going to be looking at, that's where my direction is right now and keeping an eye on those teams and keeping an eye on the standings there. But as I mentioned, 16 games. So you really are on the stretch here and you want to stay healthy. You want to have some good luck. You don't want any more incidents. But the one guy that I am a little bit interested in, and I spoke about Chris Milton quite a bit last week after he had a poor shooting night. I think he was six for 27 or whatever he was. And I said that, look, the fact that he's still shooting and this has been something that he has developed in his game, I really do like it. But I will say this, the other stat that I referenced in that podcast was the fact that he's finishing around the basket in the paint, has really taken a nosedive over the last couple of months. And to me, even if you look at his game yesterday, obviously he wasn't his best, but he was three for six from three. He had 10 assists, only three turnovers, not bad numbers there. His shooting is still off, particularly from two-point range. I do wonder with a guy like Chris, whether he is someone that's starting to be a little bit fatigued here. He, he always looks laconic. He always looks that way that you can make this excuse for him and say, oh, well, he's just looking a little bit tired. But I do think when it comes to finishing around the rim, he's not... He doesn't have the touch or what he had at the start of the season. And I wonder, we had, he had that little hip complaint there where he missed a game. He doesn't miss much basketball, but I do wonder whether we're going to see him miss a game or two here in the next week or so. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is it, it does seem like, and, and I think a lot of us have pointed out, well, Chris, you know, his numbers, he's, he's kind of been struggling in X amount of games. And then you look at the overall <laughs> numbers and you see, well, they're down, but just slightly where... You know, it's not like he has just taken a nosedive in the overall statistics. It's the little things that you reference where you have noticed some things. And I'm sure fatigue is probably a big part of that. And, you know, hearing even Giannis talk about being in pain and then basically, well, I think everybody's kind of at this state, this part of the season now. So it's something that I kind of decided I'm just going to have to manage and deal with that. I think that's probably what you'd hear from a lot of the guys, not just on the Bucks, but around the league with how compressed this schedule has been. And, you know, I think it's a much different conversation for this team now than it would have been a year ago, that if, if this is what Chris Middleton looked like and your roster was the same as it was a year ago, you would probably raise an eyebrow a lot more and have some concerns heading into the postseason. But you know, the the level of play we've seen from Drew Holiday where – you know, a couple of weeks ago, you started to have the conversation of, you know what, actually, is is Drew Holiday their second best player, which isn't a knock on Chris, but if that's your third best, where you're looking at Chris to fill that role, 
you know, these recent struggles and a little bit of diminished play around the rim and some other struggles and maybe him not being 100%, it seems like it doesn't matter quite as much as long as you're getting that consistency from Giannis and Drew. Yeah, still on the season at 48% from the field and 43%, which is a career high from behind the three-point line there as well. So you're right. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not someone that's, that's overblowing this to the point that you see a little bit on, on Twitter and that sort of stuff. But I do think, again, that's just standard what comes with Chris. But just looking at his basketball reference page, I mean, I already touched on the fact he doesn't miss a lot of games. But outside of that, obviously, major hamstring injury he had uh, way back in, uh, in 2016-2017 there, he's really played a lot of games. 82 in 2014, 79 in 15 and 16, 82 in 2018, then 77 in Bud's first year, even 62 last year. And I, I, what did they play last year? 64 games or something like that? 64, 65? something like that, yeah. Yeah, so he, he really didn't miss too many games last year. And then this year, he's only missed two as well. And also... He is playing 33.4 minutes per game. Now, we all wanted that. We we said that these guys should probably be in better condition by the time they get to the postseason. Bud needs to loosen the reins a little bit on the rotation and let these guys play. But that is around four or five minutes more per game than he was playing last year as well. And it's always interesting with Chris because coming into last year, uh, he started the season really, really well. And then he had these moments. I mean, he, he does this from time to time and he admits it himself. He says, listen, anyone that's been watching the Bucks knows that from time to time, I'll, I'll have a bit of a rough patch. That's, that's what happens. But uh, last year or the season before, he had come in after basically no rest, playing with the national team. They were here in Australia. They were over in China. And now uh, this year, obviously, a, a shortened off season as well, despite the fact that I know that they had a couple of months off, obviously, last year when the season shut down. But this has been a really, really long stretch of a lot of basketball for him without missing too many games at all. Uh, yeah, it, it's just interesting. I, I do just wonder if, if that is a factor because typically when the Bucks have rested guys over the last few years, he is always the one that is still out there, still playing. Him and Brook Lopez, it feels like they've played a lot of those games where Giannis might be out and Bledsoe in the past and Drew Holiday this year. It does feel like Chris is the guy that plays. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I like you said, it's not like he's playing terrible right now. But just perhaps the, some of the smaller things that he was doing so well at the start of the season have just escaped him a little bit. And maybe it's just a rough patch. Maybe we don't need to make excuses for it. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that's certainly the hope that it's just, well, he, he's going through this stretch. Because, again, it, it's not like the numbers have dropped so much that it's alarming. It's just he, what we saw from Chris to start the season, he was in elite company. So I think it's noticeable now when you see, oh, yeah, he's – He's no longer 50, 40, 90. He's really close to it, but he's no longer there. Uh, and, you know, I, I also wonder what's it going to look like in the postseason, right? Where you mentioned the minutes that he's playing and we're led to believe these guys are all going to be playing a lot more minutes in the playoffs just based on, number one, how differently the roster is constructed this year, but also just how we've seen the coaching staff treat the regular season. So, What's it going to look like there? And I guess, is that the, the cause for concern where you look at it and you say, well, his play's kind of declined. And those minutes, I would assume, are only going to go up in the postseason, that it's probably going to be closer to 36 or 38 minutes. Well, uh, I think we could also ask the question. Um, he, he has obviously got other things in his plate as the minority owner of the Brisbane Bullets. Perhaps, uh, you know, the, the stress of the NBL season also approaching the postseason and the Bullets really locked into a playoff battle. Perhaps... Uh, he is a little bit concerned about that. But I do want to talk about resting players and lineups here in a bit. But before I do that, I want to talk about our sponsors, 
Indeed, because if you're hiring for your company, what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent easy and fast. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests or add your own, then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for the applications that meet them. Now, we got a deal, as always. And you can get started right now with free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked. That's indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. And because uh, whether you're posting jobs or you're looking for a job, you're obviously going to get hungry, then you should obviously head across to builtbar.com, which is the best tasting protein bar that has ever been made. You know the flavors. We've gone through them uh, endlessly on this show. I, I'm a big fan of the, the coconut brownie chunk uh, th- that I believe won the Built Bar Madness because it, it was obvious. To, to me, it was obviously the best bar there. But they were all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Uh, great for the health chun- conscious guy or girl. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat with the low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber bar. And the deal, you probably know it. But if you've forgotten, go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get a 15%, you'll get 15% off your next order, I should say. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Justin, I did hint this before the break there, and I said that I wanted to talk about lineups and fans and the experience of going to a basketball game. Now, clearly... I haven't been to an NBA game. The last NBA game I went to was Bucks and Pacers at Fireserve Forum, which was... March 4th, I think. Yes, it was very early in March. Anyway, at that point, it was just very normal. Everyone was going to the game. The the crowd was full. The Bucks games were sold out on every occasion. But this debate that has come up, I, I wanted to mention it. And last week, we saw the Bucks obviously play that game against... Uh, Charlotte, and really no one played, actually. I should say that. And it was interesting because you do see the debate on Twitter and it's not just with the Bucks, but it's with general teams and the responsibility they have for playing the Stars at home, for instance. Particularly on that situation, I believe it was a Friday night as well and the Bucks had been away for a long time. And so if you did purchase tickets, then maybe the family, you want to go see the team and none of those guys play, clearly it's going to be a little bit disappointing. Now, I think from the team's point of view, it's interesting to ask yourself what responsibility they have because I didn't really get into it too much with the conversation on Twitter or anything like that. But I I do think from a team point of view, when you looked at the matchup the night before that they had against Dallas and then Charlotte, and we've already gone through the standings and what they can take away from winning games here, I think from a team point of view, it made more sense to play your better players against the better team. And people might say, well, 
sure. But if you play them against Charlotte, then you get a guaranteed win. But I do think, in general, there was probably more to learn from a game going up against Luka Doncic than there was a game going up against Terry Rozier. I, I feel like that's. I think that's the flip side of this. Yeah, and I mean, I am. Uh, I don't want to come off as though I'm not sympathetic to those that you know maybe use their hard-earned money, especially yeah. during a pandemic, to go to you know, take in a Bucks game. But I think the the difficulty with it this year especially is you just kind of know this is going to be a weird year to begin with that, you know, you kind of expect the unexpected and that's a disappointment, but the whole rest thing, I mean, you're not going to see that during a regular, regular season where you'll see games where Giannis doesn't play sure, but name the last time the Bucks did that. And, and obviously it was last year, uh, against the Denver Nuggets in that very weird conclusion, the final actual regular season game that they played, where they were also banged up, and Giannis was kneeling, uh, dealing with an injury on that three-game road trip out west. So that's the only instance you can point to. where you, It's not just the Bucks; it's all these teams. You don't just sit an entire starting lineup, and we've seen a handful of teams do that just because of how compressed the schedule is, and, and you got to make sure guys are healthy for the playoffs. So I'm sympathetic to those that gone through that, and I'll do you one better too. That Hornets game was their first game back off the road trip, hmm. and their final home game before that road trip was the Knicks game, where none of the starters played hmm. either. So you sandwiched a road trip with two home games where you just said none of our regular guys are playing, which is certainly a bummer to the fans, but I think it's it's just you know, you kind of have to expect that. And they say card subject to change for those wrestling fans. You really have to embrace it this year with just how compressed the schedule is that, you know, any given night, I mean, you've certainly experienced it. I've experienced it where it's almost a nightly thing of showing up to the arena and thinking, well, here's the injury report. And maybe there's a guy that's on that injury report that in, in seasons past, he doesn't make the injury report, but even guys that are probable or doubtful. I mean, how many times have we seen somebody that's questionable that ends up not playing where you just don't know what to expect anymore, where if there's a hint that a guy's on the injury report, you don't have that confidence of, yeah, he's questionable. So he'll play like we're showing up to the arena and thinking, yeah, I would think he'd play in a normal year, but now I'm not sure. Yeah. And I, I just don't really know what you do about it as well, because we know that the league came in and did the uh, national TV game situation where they said, we don't want guys taking national TV games off anymore. And, and I actually think that that was originally sparked with the Clippers Bucks game at Staples center. I, I believe like that's, that's when it, it really uh, got big time attention with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both didn't play. It's funny. You bring up the Knicks game though, as well. I mean, yeah, th- this is, and, and you, as you pointed to, it's easy for me to sit here and say, okay, well, from a, from a, the business of the team and trying to stay healthy and the schedule that we have this year, that it makes sense for them to do that. But of course that is easy for me to say, I didn't spend a hundred dollars on the ticket or $300 for a family to go to the game or something like that. And I think that that's legitimate. I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure what you do about it. And so as you sort of pointed to it, particularly this year, it's kind of the shitty thing and the shitty risk that you have to take when you go to a game. But when it's a Friday night, yeah, it's tough because I'm sure for a lot of fans, these are the only games that they can go to, the games that are home on the weekend. And also, uh, like you said, it's a pandemic. Perhaps people haven't been to a game for a year and this is the one chance they get to go. 
and they're watching Axel Tupan instead of Giannis and, and probably feeling pretty disappointed about that, which makes a lot of sense. But I think from a purely health standpoint, if you're a Bucks fan, I know that you want these guys playing back-to-backs right now. I mean, we're seeing a lot of injuries across the league and more than anything, you want the guys to be healthy for the postseason. I mean, I think that that is, is the priority over everything else, even if it, it does suck a little bit. Well, and look, you got to see Point Thanasis. So any gripes that you had, I think that's alleviated a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, whenever people would say, hey, I want to go to a Bucks game or I'm looking at this, I would always caution them. I would just, before you buy tickets, check the schedule and yeah. see where does this fall in on a road trip or in terms of back-to-backs and do it for the opponent too. If you're, hey, I want to see Steph Curry, well, Check the schedule and make sure this isn't night two of a back-to-back where the Warriors played in Chicago the night before. And and obviously it's much more difficult to do that this season, not only in terms of the schedule having more and more of those, but tickets aren't as readily available. So that's what makes it the bummer this year. But as you said, I, I don't know what you do about it. And I also, maybe I'm naive, I don't think that this is going to be the issue uh, that it was this year and is this year. I don't think that's going to persist into next year. Again, you're you're still going to see nights where Giannis doesn't play or the superstars don't play, but you're not going to see stuff like this next year when the league hopes to get back to the normal schedule. I think I might have mentioned this uh, previously on the show, but I remember the first ever NBA game I went to was uh, the Lakers and Supersonics at Staples Center. I was on a family holiday when I was younger. And uh, the night before the game, uh, Kobe Bryant went down and he hurt his ankles. So he didn't play in this game. Uh, I think Lamar Odom was out of this game as well. Uh, Ray Allen did play, which obviously was a thrill for me, being a big Ray Allen fan. But the highlight of the night was Vladimir Rodmanovich having 28 points. I think he hit eight threes. Uh, but that that was, you know, I, I get it. I mean, I was bummed that night. I, I think I, I spayed. My parents didn't really want to go to the game too much. They didn't really care about basketball. So I was like, that's it. I'm paying. And it was obviously Staples Center, hundreds of dollars to go to this game. And then Kobe Bryant didn't play. And Sasha Vujicic was starting for the Lakers. So, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's not a new thing, but it definitely uh, sucks there as well. But I think we should talk about this Phoenix team who somehow, to me, feel like they're going under the radar uh, a little bit. Before I do that, I want to talk about our friends over at betonline.ag, which we know at betonline.ag, it is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's done, but baseball is in full swing. And I keep mentioning, what about those A's? Started one and seven. Now they're they're nine and seven, I believe. They've won eight in a row. Great times. But, uh, yes, so you can check out the baseball, the hockey's there as well, the basketball on the road to the playoffs as well, and BetOnline covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV as well. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan, we don't have another draft pick until 2091. So it actually doesn't really matter. But you can still check that out. The guys do great work over there. But I mentioned right off the top, that this is a pretty big week 
for the Bucks, and it started with that Grizzlies game. And the Grizzlies are a, are a sneaky good team, and quite frankly, a team the Bucks have had some issues with over the last couple of years. But now they get the Phoenix Suns, who I, I mentioned. I don't know whether they are truly going under the radar, but they're forty and sixteen, Justin. But like in in the West, they're only a game and a half back of the best record in the entire damn league. And I don't think that they get spoken about enough. This is a seriously, seriously good basketball team. Well, and uh, one quick thing on the Memphis Grizzlies, by the way, uh, by my math, the Memphis Grizzlies are the only team in the NBA unbeaten at Pfizer Forum. That they won there, one of the first games right. the yeah. Bucks played there. That was their first loss at Pfizer Forum two years ago. And then the two teams didn't play there last year. So Memphis, a perfect two and zero. Oh in that building. So they're the thorn in the buck side. The, the Suns, I agree with you on, although, you know, the more stuff I looked over with Phoenix and just the Western conference in general, they obviously get more attention than Phoenix does because of the market they're in. And because of the players that they have in Kawhi, mainly Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to a lesser extent. But I think the Clippers are in that conversation too, with teams that we're not talking about enough. When you look at all the advanced numbers for what the Clippers are doing and they're, further behind the Suns, but they're still in striking distance of the top spot in the West. And I think the second best point differential and we've seen their offensive rating and net rating throughout the season is one of the best in the league. So the West is just full of these teams, but, but Phoenix, especially, I mean, I think we all kind of felt like this was going to be one of the more improved teams in the league based off what they did in the bubble last year. And then the addition of Chris Paul, but when you said most improved, I mean, I remember, seeing some people suggest well could the Suns get home court advantage and I thought that was crazy where it was they'll be a playoff team but they're probably best case scenario is a five or six seed in the west how tough it is so uh, for them to be where they are and look with that Donovan Mitchell injury you can't rule out the Suns winning the west this year it is absolutely remarkable and I mean I don't know how much of it is single-handedly what Chris Paul has done but we've seen wherever he goes, he wins. <laughs> and between that and I mean, the coaching upgrades that they've certainly had in the last few years, this is certainly a team on the rise. And now I think with tomorrow's game or today's game, whenever you listen to it, I think the thing that you're most concerned with is obviously the Tory Craig revenge game. Well, no doubt about it. And particularly, I mean, you do joke about it, but uh, there has to be some motivation there uh, for him to come in and play well. That's for damn sure. Because, uh, obviously, he, he thought that he was coming to Milwaukee for a significant role or uh, coming off, you know, being in Denver and playing really key minutes in playoff series there and it just never worked out. And they basically said, uh, we'll just take cash for you. We just want to get under the tax. And that's, uh, you know, there was an interesting decision at the time. I, that's not the way I saw the Tory Craig role panning out. But it's funny you talk about the advanced numbers. So the, net, uh, the Suns, sorry, uh, so far this season are seventh in offense and fifth, in defense and and in second in net rating, and you look at that and you say, "Geez, that's pretty impressive." Anytime that you you top ten in both those categories and right up there in net rating, that's normally a pretty good indicator of a good team. The Bucks are fifth in offense and sixth in defense. How are the Milwaukee Bucks sixth in defense? I think it comes back to what I was talking with Frank about last year: is that the problems that the Bucks have defensively. I think a lot of teams are having defensively as well, particularly in 2021. It's just the nature of the way the basketball is being played. But the Phoenix Suns. Super solid. And interestingly enough, the one player I think, or if I think about a point guard that does concern me from the Bucks from a defensive point of view, it's someone like Chris Paul 
and someone like Luka Doncic, who, yes, they can score, but the way that they see the floor and the way that they create and their ability to expose any type of weakness, any type of miscommunication, uh, they can just tear you to shreds. Now, the interesting thing about the Bucks and the Suns is last time they played, Milwaukee did not have Drew Holiday. He was still out with the health and safety protocol at that time. And Chris Paul took 20 shots. And that was an interesting number to me. I've always felt that with Chris Paul, if he is a guy that is shooting that many times, then it's probably a good thing because I'm more fearful of him just directing traffic, getting everyone where he wants them to be, and then setting up easy bucket after easy bucket. And when it comes to the Bucks, we're generally talking about wide open threes. The guys like Devin Booker and uh, you know our guy Frank Kaminsky and, uh, and who else they got out there, Jay Crowder, these types of guys, and yeah. Torrey Craig. So we'll see. But Chris Paul... I'm really, really looking forward to this matchup with Drew Holiday because this was a shame that we didn't get to see it last time. Remarkably, the Bucks still almost pulled off the win. If we remember, Giannis missed that uh, mid-range jump shot at the buzzer there. But uh, this this is going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to that matchup in particular. And what about Drew Holiday the last couple of weeks he's had? Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic. Now he's got Chris Paul as well. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we kind of talked about it when we were talking about Chris, but but Drew Holiday's numbers since the All Star break have just been off the charts, and it's it's basically been the same with I mean, not quite the increase that we've seen with Drew, but it, it's been the same with Brooke Lopez too. We're quietly, Brooke Lopez has been really good since the All Star break, and I know you talked about you talked with Bud about that and his mentioning of, you know, maybe Brooke just needed some more time. And I think we're seeing that in the second half. So you're able to offset some of those struggles that we talked about Chris going through, especially recently, because you're getting much more consistency from Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez on the offensive end and certainly defensively nightly from both of those guys. Uh, the, the thing that jumps out to me about the Suns too is, you know, if you look at how these teams perform against the best teams in the league or just I should say how teams perform against the best teams in the league what jumps out to me is and it shouldn't be a surprise just by looking at the standings and observing the league and seeing okay what have been the two biggest or three two of the three biggest stories this season it's been Utah and Phoenix and the Jazz and Suns are two of I think the only or the only two teams in the league that are in the top 10 in offensive rating and defensive rating in games played against both top 10 offenses and top 10 defenses in the league. So they're doing it against the best teams and they're crushing teams, especially Utah. So it's, it's very reminiscent of what the Bucs did last season. But, you know, if we tie it back to the Bucs, I think the encouraging thing for the Bucs and, you know, for this up and down play that we've seen at times, but keep saying, well, at least they're experimenting with things and they're just trying to stay healthy. And I think they kind of realize this is where we're going to finish. So let's just kind of get through the regular season here. I look at games played against the top defensive teams because I know it's an offensive league, but defense matters in the playoffs and you're going to face the best defenses in the league as everybody always points out, you don't win a championship without a top 10 defense. So you know those are the teams you're going to go up against. The Bucs are the only team in the Eastern Conference that's in top 10 in offense and defense in those games played against those teams. It's the Bucs and four teams out West are the only five that have done it. The Jazz, the Clippers, the Nuggets, and the Phoenix Suns. So that's the point of encouragement for the Bucs and, and for the Suns, as we mentioned. It just it backs up the eyeball test where they have just you know, been so dominant. It's been since what, mid-January, where they were playing really well, but then they just took it up a whole nother level here. And the funny thing is, you know, it, it feels like it has in fact been 
Chris Paul, that it's, I think a lot of us assume Devin Booker would take a huge step forward. And it's not to say that he's regressed, but I don't think Devin Booker has been to the level that many people assumed he would be playing next to Chris Paul, that it's basically been Chris Paul has lifted the play as we've seen in previous stops in Houston and in Los Angeles. He's just lifted the play of everyone on that team. And I think Jay Crowder has been a huge piece for him as well. One other final thing to look at from this game will be Giannis. I already mentioned he obviously missed that potential game winner in that game, but overall it was a a humongous night for him. And if you remember back, he was the one guy in the fourth quarter that could really do any scoring uh, at all for the Bucs. He finished with 47 points, 15 of 23 from the field, 17 of 21 from the free throw line. They couldn't get him off the line at all. And obviously... A big part of that, DeAndre Ayton finished with five fouls, was limited to just 29 minutes, and he's been playing some seriously good basketball as well. So it'll be interesting to see Giannis if he plays. I assume he will after a night off. Uh, But uh, again, uh, as we've discussed at length during this podcast, I I guess we just need to wait and see. I can't be out here making any predictions because the second I do, I know that I'm going to be wrong. Well, as we record this Sunday night, the Bucks have nobody listed on their injury report, yeah. so that's that's the uh, that's the optimism. That think of, when's the last time we saw an injury report like that for the Bucks? Yeah, it's been a very long time. But this game should be a lot of fun, as I mentioned. Seven PM tip off Central Time. There, the Bucks have got an extended little stretch at home here. Unbelievable! A game tomorrow, and then uh, they'll have two nights off as well as they get ready for the Sixers. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm sure at some point during the week we'll be catching up again, Justin. Uh, sounds good. I look forward to it. And yeah, a big week here. And it's it's the same for Phoenix and Philadelphia. So we'll see how these three teams come out. The, the Bucks, the Suns, and the Sixers are all kind of in the midst of their most difficult remaining stretch of scheduling. All right. We'll be back after that game for a post-game pod, as always. So we look forward to you joining us again there. For Justin and myself, we'll catch you guys after the game. <laughs>